0: Thank you for singing that song. It, it uh, brought back a lot of memories. We used to sing that quite often at Calvary years and years and years ago when I was the first, first saved. Uh, we'd sing that during the invitation. And uh, it, it, was, it was always a beautiful song to me. But to add, uh, well, to have a sermon before the sermon, considering that song, once heard a preacher, and I, I don't remember who it was, but it was a, a famous preacher, make the comments. He said, I want every single one of you to go home <clears throat> and look up and read the words to I Surrender All. He said, read them. Read them. You just sang them. You sang them to God. I want you to go home and read them. He says, there's never more of a time in, in the Baptist church where more people are lying at the same time as when they sing that song. And now I'm going to tell you, church, when he said that to me, Steve, it hit me between the eyes. I mean, I got paddled when I was growing up, but I mean, that was like a paddle between the eyes. Go back and look at that song. It's, it's, it's powerful. It's powerful. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of James. <clears throat> and those of y'all who are wondering if I'm going to keep you long tonight, I am not. I am not. This is this is kind of a the, 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 the way it broke, the natural break. It's not as long as last week I think last week was was pretty long okay no amens all right last week as we continued our study of the book of James we listened as James spoke very plainly words concerning the destructive nature of a very small body body part what body part was that the tongue tongue. everybody has one unfortunately right everybody has one James spoke first of those who are teachers, those who teach others <clears throat> what is right and wrong concerning things of God. James said that not only should, should uh, teacher, not, all, not, all, not many should be teachers because teachers would be held to stricter judgment. And by that, we should watch closely what we say while we're teaching while, uh, and, and making sure that it's true and not filled with personal emotions. James said that <clears throat> a mature teacher will not stumble with his words. He, he then spoke about how large objects are guided by small entities, and the tongue guides the whole body in the same manner. He then spoke of how destructive a tongue can be if it is not tamed. And, and y'all remember, I, I, I told y'all, I, I, can't, I can't tame Amy's tongue. Sometimes I'd like to. I can't t- tame Dan's, Dan's tongue or or uh, Deborah's tongue or Dessie's tongue or Angela's tongue but I can tame mine I can tame my tongue <clears throat> and he reminded us that that man has the ability to tame every animal that has ever walked the earth but cannot tame the tongue of others but he can tame his own tonight we'll hear James speak <clears throat> about wisdom from above. Yo, know, I, I messed myself up talking about that pollen because ever since I've talked about that pollen, <clears throat> my, my head's been itching and my ears have been itching and I can't clear my throat. I mean, it, it feels like I've got rocks in my eyes. Goodness gracious. Uh, turn to James chapter 3. We're going to start reading in verse 13. <clears throat> James 3, verse 13. And James asked a question. He said, Who is wise and understanding among you? Who? Now, think, I mean, he's asking his readers, who is wise and understanding among you? How, I mean, he, he should show his works by good conduct with wisdom's gentleness. But if you have bitter envy and selfish, selfish ambition in your heart, don't brag and lie in defiance of the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly sensual, and demonic. I mean, boy, he's, he's trying to grab you some attention, isn't he? It's demonic. For where envy and selfish amb- ambition exist, there is disorder and every kind of evil. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits. Without favoritism and hi- hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Those who make peace. Told you all this before, <clears throat> but I, I, maybe I wasn't paying attention. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know because, I, I mean, Amy and I have worked with, with youth and children. Golly, since early 90s, early 90s, and I don't think I've ever lived in a day where I've seen so much drama in all my life. It's like people, and I'm not talking about just youth, I'm talking about people in general are just so, just so full of drama. They they, they want to, and and they just can't, and, and can I tell you something, I find myself, Amy has to stop me from time to time, she says, just stop, quit talking about it. Don't you? Look at her smile. She's smiling like a possum eating turnips from a garden right now. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, it, it seems like we are just filled with drama. We're drawn to it and we can't get enough of it as a society in all age groups. And you just want to grab people from time to time and just shake them and say, just stop. Focus on what we need to focus on. What do we need to focus on? Focus on Jesus. Focus on what's going on in your life. F- focus, focus on you, right? Tonight we're talking about wisdom, real wisdom, where wisdom comes from, earthly wisdom and, and, and heavenly wisdom. Wh- which, which, which do y'all want? I mean, I, when we have our next social, I imagine there's going to be desserts. There is. And I'm gonna walk through the line, and y'all listen. Most most likely, I'm gonna get some some chicken and dumplings. And I'm gonna get a piece of chicken. It's my choice. And I'm I'm gonna get some I'm gonna get some half and half tea. Joey, where's Joey? Oh, he's in security. Uh, I'm I, it's, I just don't like the real sweet, but that, I mean that's my my choice, right? And, and then when the desserts are over there. Uh, if Miss Barbara's cake or, if, or if Miss Dorcas's strawberry cake's there, I, I'm gonna I'm I'm get a piece of strawberry cake. And if it's not there, I'm beelining straight for the blueberry cobbler. W- what did I just tell you I, I, I was putting on my plate? W- what I want. <laughs> it's my choice. What is your choice? I mean, we're, we're, I mean, it's clear cut tonight. I mean, we're talking about earthly wisdom from above, or we're talking about evil wisdom. That's, I mean, he said it's demonic. We have to choose what, which which we want, what table we pull ourselves up to, right? So let's let's dig into this. What what do we see in our scripture tonight? We first see James asking once again. A question that he already knows the answer to. He's asking the question for the people who are hearing it to ponder in their minds as to, as they think it is a wise and understanding person. So now the same question that James has asked his readers, those who he's presented it to, Church, do you think, who do you think is a wise, and understanding person who that you affiliate yourself with who, who is it that you think is a wise and understanding person what traits do they possess that makes you feel they deserve this distinction so, something they have said or something they've done to, to give you the inclination that they are worthy of this distinction Now, I want to caution you that that it seems like Christians reach a point in their walk where they think they have reached an age or a number of years that that, that they've been saved, that they they think they they have achieved this status. James is asking about us tonight. Now, I'll I'll be the first to tell you that I don't qualify. Listen to the question again. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? I don't, I don't, I don't qualify. I, I don't. I, Caleb, the more I learn, the more I realize how much I don't know. I really don't. The youth are going through journey through the Bible. That set me on a, on a road. I mean, it set me on fire to, to help me to understand how little I know. I do. It, but it set me on a path of I, I want to learn more. But I'm not worthy. Listen to him again. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? I'm not ever going to be there. I don't feel like I'll ever achieve that. And if I, think, if, if I truly achieved the wisdom of God's Word, if I really do, I don't think I'll ever get the understanding part. I don't. I don't. I mean, there's things that I, I am understanding towards, but there's a lot of foolishness going on in the world today where I look at Amy and I say, I just don't understand that. How in the world could they do that? Why in the world would they do that? What in the world? Are, I mean, do y'all ever ask yourself the same question? What in the world were they thinking? Y'all, I've, I've as I've grown up, y'all know. One of my favorite mottos. What's one of my favorite mottos? No, no, no. I'm not talking about that one. (laughs) Dan was up here saying, it's free, I'll take two. Is that what you said? Yeah. (laughs) Becky, what's one of my favorite little? Yeah. But here's another one that's helped me tremendously. Y'all ready? It ain't my monkey, it ain't my zoo. It's not my monkey, and it's not my zoo. P- people will, you know, come up to me and say, can, "You know, can you believe so this?" I was like, "Look, hey ho, hey hey ho, hey, ain't my monkey, ain't my zoo." That that is so. It just relieves me of so much stress. Because, I mean, it's not that I don't care. It's just, I mean, I, there's nothing I can do about this particular situation. Nothing whatsoever. There's no need to me worrying about it. Oh, what are you saying, Brother Kyle? I, I just, I don't know why they're doing what they're doing. You're releasing yourself. I, it, but too many times I can't. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Even though it's not your monkey and it's not your zoo, you care about the person who's going through the situation. Why they've done what, and you want to shake them yourself and they don't even belong to you. What in the world were you thinking? So I don't think I qualify here for what the question he's asking. Who is wise and understanding among you? Can I tell you something that you may or may not know? If you think you're wise concerning an issue, it can very well cloud your understanding. Listen to that again. If you think you're wise, it might keep you from having a clear understanding or cloud your understanding. You see, when you think you are wise, you stop looking. You stop. You stop investigating and you stop learning. You stop looking, investigating, and stop learning. One of the best things we can do when we feel like we've achieved wisdom's pinnacle is to be quiet. Be quiet. When you're asked a question and then go back and research before answering. We live in a time where, you know, somebody asks you a question, it might have a totally different answer than it did 10, 15 years ago. We need to quit thinking we're so smart. I'm not. I'm not. James goes on to say that a person who is wise and understanding, a person who is, who is wise and understanding, should do something. He says that they should show they are wise and understanding through good conduct. I mean, he just sweeps the feet right out from under you doesn't he? Boy, James, oh James. It, it sounds so good when we're reading it at home by ourselves, but when we do an in-depth study, it's just like, hey, he's saying, look, hey, if you're wise and understanding, show me and prove it to me through your good conduct. Well, hold on a second. Well, maybe I don't, I don't, uh, maybe I don't qualify. Maybe I don't qualify. That's what he's wanting to do. He's wanting people to self-qualify themselves, and then he's going to knock them down a few notches. We should show our wisdom and understanding through good conduct. That gives us the understanding that if a person has these qualities, they, they do display good conduct. A wise person, a wise person with understanding will want to display good conduct. Do you know what this scripture says without saying it? Y'all listening? Hey Hannah, you listening? Listen. Y'all aren't gonna like this. What this scripture says without, uh, without saying it is an unwise person is with incomplete, with incomplete understanding does not display good conduct. Let me say that again. An unwise person with incomplete understanding does not display good conduct. Well, that's I mean, that's self explanatory, yeah. They don't. They do not. Let's put this in the words of today, in our words today. If your conduct is bad, you're not wise. You're not wise. But if you have wisdom and understanding, good conduct should be a result of that. Now, James transitions in verse 14 by dealing with those who have a problem with bitter envy and selfish ambitions. I mean, he adds to just ambitious or overly ambitious and, and envious. He says, bitter envy, those who have a problem with bitter envy and selfish ambitions. Bitter envy can be translated as jealousy. John Phillips says that uh, to have Bitter envy or jealousy in your heart towards a wiser, more gifted, or more successful person or successful brother is the very opposite of wisdom. To be envious or jealous of somebody who's wise is the opposite of wisdom. It leads the person to do and say things that are mean-spirited and contrary to the spirit of the Lord Jesus which you say lives within you. I know such a man. I know such a man. His bitter envy was directed and uh, and connected to his selfish ambition. In one of the churches that I served in, y'all, there there was this man, and and he was a deacon at one time. He was. I mean, he, he did a lot of things for the church. But they rolled off deacons. So when he rolled off He didn't get elected for like two cycles. And and he was resentful for that. And and the man who was in there with him became the chairman of the board of deacons. And he did a great job. He really did. But this is what happened. The the deacon who came back on, who wasn't on for two years, he started pointing the finger at this new chairman of the board of deacons and making accusations against him. Just terrible terrible accusation. He's misappropriating money. He, he's doing this. He, he doesn't make enough money to have the houses that he has. Force the church to do an audit on the books every single year, every single year. Why? Because bitter envy, bitter envy, it, it's just terrible. And it goes on too often. James then addresses, he says, where does this this type of person come from? Where, Where does this type of thinking come from? Or as James puts it, where does this form of wisdom come from? It's not really wisdom. Look at verse 15. Verse 15 says, such wisdom does not come down from above, but it is earthly, sensual, and demonic. It is. Y'all, listen, I, I've said this so many times. Every person in America is rich. We're, we're rich, we really are. Now, we might not start off rich, but I mean, as life goes on, life gets better because we learn from our own mistakes. We have the ability to make, make changes in our lives that will embitter us because we live in America. There is not a person, not one person that I can think of that I've met in Uganda who wouldn't trade places with anybody in here tonight. Anybody. Anybody. Because we have that freedom. We have that ability to, to do more for ourselves. But the people who look around at other people in America and they're jealous of what they have and who they are and, and where they've gotten to be in life, James says, that's, that's, let's, go, let's skip the first two. Let's go straight to the third one. That's demonic. It's demonic. James then tells us what a person's life will be like if they are jealous and have this selfish ambition in verse 16, look at verse 16. Verse 16 says, For where envy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every kind of evil. So where this evil ambition exists, where this desire or this selfishness exists, disorder is there as well. But the Kyle wasn't there with that man. Oh, my gosh, yes. yeah. yeah look, at, look at verse 16 again. Verse 16 says, For envy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every kind of evil. Y'all, this this man, this man grew up in that church. His mother, who was, I guess, 90, was a member of that church faithful. Oh, she was there Sunday morning, Sunday night. She was the Sunday school uh, director. She kept the books. When he caused enough chaos and he left the church, he told his mama, if you ever step foot in that church again, I'll never never see you again. I, I, I will not, you will never see me again. And she had to quit because of this. Listen to it again. For where envy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every kind of evil. I mean, I can think of a lot of evil, but looking at my mother who was going to church faithfully and loved the Lord and saying, don't you ever step foot back in that church or you'll never see me again. I don't know if I'd had to look at that child and it would have broken my heart and said... We now hear James as he transitions back to the wise person in verse 17 and 18. Verse 17 says, But the wisdom from above is, is first pure, then peace loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, without favoritism or hypocrisy. And the fruit of the righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace, who make peace. So what do we see from those? First thing we see is wisdom from above is pure. It's pure. When I thought about this, back in the 80s, everybody, everybody wore chains. Men and women wore chains. And they'd unbutton their button right about here. And they'd show those two chest hairs, and they they had their chain. And usually they had a charm on the chain. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Some like little leg or mine was a lightning bolt because I was fast. I used to, Caleb, I used to be fast. I'm fast, man. Well, Alex, Alex wears it now. Uh, he, he loves it. But the thing back then was when you wore it, your friends would ask you, that's, man, that's, that's nice. But they'd ask you another question. They'd say, "What carrot gold is it?" You see, the first chain I ever had, we went to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and we we were walking down the street, and there was these people. They had what I call the roller gold. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They had it set up on the sidewalk. And they had, they had gold chains of all shapes and sizes. Griffin, they had everything. They had the big ones, the thin ones, the thick ones. They, I mean, they had everything on spools that looked like fishing line. And they were lined up to get this roller gold. And I think it was like, you know, 5%. Brother Kyle was sporting a 5% roller gold necklace. The first, that was the first, first thing I ever had. But then I graduated up. I think the next thing I had was 18 karat gold. It 18. But then when I was 16, my parents were, took us on a cruise, and I waited till my dad was sauced up. I mean, he had he was he had been drinking all day long, and I told him, I said, Dad, I said, y'all, you know, y'all, I'm 16 today. Oh yeah, happy birthday, boy. I said, y'all hadn't bought me anything. He said. What you want? And he was, you know, he had been playing poker in in the casino. And I said, well, I saw a a chain down there. It's 24 gold. I mean, it's good. Look, he said, well, how much was it? And I told him how much it was. He he said, happy birthday, boy. That's what Alex wears today. It's 24 carat. (laughs) Now, the 10, the 18, and the 24, what's supposed to be the pure? 24, 24 carat gold. I don't even know if I don't even know if this I don't even know if that's twenty four characters. But listen, back y'all remember back the day, I mean, that was important. That was like you you didn't you wouldn't want to wear cougars when everybody was wearing Reeboks. I had a, y'all. Did any of y'all had the kangaroo tennis shoes? Y'all, any of y'all had kangaroos? And I don't know why, but I thought it was important. I mean, you put money in your kangaroo zipper in your shoe, and it got nasty. Pure, this wisdom is like 24 karat gold. We we should want, that's what I want. I don't want watered down wisdom. I don't want dirty wisdom. I don't want stinking wisdom. I want pure wisdom, don't you? All day, every day. But he says this, he says, it gives you then peace loving. This gives you a picture that peace emanates from you. I like being around peaceful people. I do. You can't find many. But they just, they're peaceful people. Don't y'all love that? Don't y'all love those people? But he goes on, he says, they're gentle. This way, You're gentle. That means you don't pop off real easy. You're easygoing. Caleb, look at old Caleb. That's a gentle giant right there. Isn't he? Just gentle. Compliant. Now, that don't mean you have to do everything your wife says, but, I mean, listen, you ought to do some laundry every now and then. <laughs> Wash some dishes, right? I mean, but you're, you're compliant. You're easy to get along with. Then he says, full of mercy and good fruits. Full of mercy. See, I don't know about I don't know if I qualify there. I mean, Amy tells me all the time, I get in so much trouble sometimes. Dan, I really need to think before I say stuff around her. Just, just the other day, I can't remember what we were talking about. She, she'll probably remember. We were, drive, we were driving to Richmond Hill, and I said something, and she said, aren't you supposed to be full of mercy? I'm like, aren't you supposed to be forgiving? And I said, well, listen, that person, I, they didn't do anything to me. I don't have anything to forgive them for. for. And she said, well, shouldn't you show them mercy? And I'm like, golly. Look at you. She's smiling down here on the front row, front row again. <laughs> we should Christians ought to be the most merciful people in all the world because we should be the ones who understand how much God has displayed mercy to us. But we're not. It's so easy for us in the generation to find fault in them and continually to to point the finger and put people down and find their flaws and find what they're doing wrong. Listen, I'm going to tell you this again. If you can't tell somebody what they're doing right, you have no right to tell them what they're doing wrong. Ever. Full of mercy and good fruits. Then he says, This wisdom does not not display favoritism and hypocrisy. It does not. This wisdom, when we possess it, we don't have have favorites. And we're not hypocrites. The last thing he said is this. He says, this person is seen. Seen. They don't have to do anything. But they're seen. Seen. As a peacemaker, they always see that there's another side. Now I think I'm better than that at that with than I am with the mercy. I always try to see when something's going on in somebody's life, I'd never try to listen to one side of the story and come to a conclusion. There, there's always another side. There's always something that's going on that we don't know. Always. Sometimes, we we might not ever know. Let me ask. Did you notice that James only gives us two people groups here tonight? Did y'all catch that? The wise and those who think they're wise. John Phillips says a wise person does not need to, nor does he feel compelled to brag about his wisdom. Which of these two groups do you want to be affiliated with? you go into to the buffet. You have the ability to choose. Except for this buffet, there's only two things sitting before you. Who, who do you want to be affiliated with? Which group do you want to belong? Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, again, we come to you asking forgiveness of our sins. And we thank you, Lord, for what we've heard. We thank you that we've heard from you. We thank you for the wisdom of James and his willingness to write it down that we might have it preserved for us tonight. God, we pray that you'd help us to see ourselves in this scripture tonight. Help us to see our deficiencies and our, our the, the qualities that we possess through what James spoke to us. If we can see it, God, we can make adjustments, and hopefully draw our lives closer to You. Be with us now during this time of invitation, in Jesus' name I do pray. If you need to come and spend some time with the Lord, altar's open.